welcome back. This is the middle of, you know, what is this the middle of? I don't know. Some podcast. Middle you know, of science. Middle of something. <laughs> I mean, medicine's a science. I haven't officially changed the names of things yet. So for now, I suppose it's still the middle of medicine. But yeah, that's a good reminder. Let me make note. Update name of podcast. Okay. Well, welcome back to Right Now is the Middle of Medicine. I am one of your co-hosts, Aubrey Jones. And I'm your other co-host, Peter Jones. <laughs> and today we we haven't recorded in a while just because we moved our recording, um, like how often we were recording to every month instead of every two weeks. So we haven't recorded anything since the last episode, which we... You know, we're talking about the changes that I guess is happening in my life mostly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But kind of going off of that, like I said in the last episode, I changed my major officially to physics major with astronomy and astrophysics emphasis. And how is that going for you? I mean, have you had any changes in classes yet or that will start next semester? No, yeah, that will start next semester. I met with an advisor and I planned out my entire, like what each semester is going to look like for basically until I graduate. Um, Sure. And I registered for classes for next semester. So the next semester I have differential equations and linear algebra. Uh That's my class. Uh I have... Physics 2 for scientists and engineers. I'm in physics 1 for scientists and engineers right now. It's like the, quote, advanced physics or whatever. I don't know. Sure. So I'm taking that. Physics 2, the lab for that. I'm taking like an undergraduate physics seminar where I basically will get a mentor and they'll talk about like opportunities for my major and stuff like that. Get me a little bit more involved in the department. And then I have just this other little gen ed. So basically for every single semester, um, for the next year and a half, I will have physics, physics lab, math, and another little astronomy astrophysics elective. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope you like physics and math. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm actually excited really excited. I mean, that's kind of a good thing. Otherwise, why would I have changed my major? But, um, yeah. And I haven't had any changes in classes this semester. Um, because it was just like a little too late to switch everything around. That makes sense. But I'm not too far behind things, even though I changed this quote late, it wasn't even that late, but even though I changed now, I'm not that far behind because I took Calc 1, 2, and 3 already since being in college. So that put me where I need to be. So I'm chilling, doing physics. Next next semester I'll do more physics and math, and then we'll just go from there. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, how's work been? Oh, my goodness gracious sakes. Just reaffirming your decision to get out of medicine? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that in part, but not even that. It's just the fact that, like, the hospital is being hit like a truck. Like, it's, like, in shambles right now. We are crumbling because of RSV season. 
Like this oh, last dear. week, we have surged so bad. I've had the worst and most busy shifts of my life the last three shifts or four shifts. That's awful. Yeah, it's been horrible. We've had to give up half our unit to the PICU. We've had to move around kids to accommodate other kids and it's and all almost like all of our kids are respiratory kids like they're not even mm-hmm. our patients they're respiratory patients and we're not super i mean obviously we're well equipped to handle whatever but we're not respiratory they're not respiratory nurses our nurses right. aren't right um so it's just like hitting us like a truck um so that's not grand at all please if your kids are sick <laughs> Or just don't let them get sick in the first place. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what good else luck to with tell that. You. Just don't get sick, please. Just stay home. Don't get other people sick. But how has work and life been for you? Oh my gosh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's okay. I mean, work is insane. It always is the end of the year. Um, the craziest thing, though, is. Like kidney cancer is just like crawling out of the sewers and overtaking Pocatello. What? I mean, I don't know what's going on. I took out a kidney yesterday for kidney cancer. I took one out today for kidney cancer. Last week I took out a, a tumor, not didn't have to take the whole kidney, but took out the tumor. I don't have one next week because it's only, I'm only operating on Wednesday before Thanksgiving and I don't want to do a big case like that and then have it be the holiday. But the week after that, I'm taking out another kidney for cancer on Tuesday, another one on Wednesday, the week after that, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, the week after that, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday. (laughs) I mean, it's insane. I I just don't even know. And yeah, I, I, I literally, I literally don't even know. I've never had this much kidney cancer in this concentrated amount of time in, in my 10 years here. That's crazy. Never. Are there more things like, are there more causes of kidney cancer that you think are like flaring up? That's like, Oh, more people are getting kidney cancer or is kidney cancer more of a just random thing like other cancers? I mean, there are definitely things that cause it. There can be certain exposure to, you know, carcinogens, certainly smoking is a cause for kidney cancer and stuff. But Nothing that I know of to say, look, here's a global, Mm -hmm. you know, we see the incidence of kidney cancer rising precipitously. It's just like, we're just finding a crap ton of it right now. That's so weird. And it's bizarre. I wonder if it's more people are going in with the issues. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is, is that most of these kidney cancers, we find, um, we call it incidental meaning that they're getting a CT scan for some completely mm. other reason. And, and then all of a sudden, it. oh, here's here's a kidney tumor. And so it, it's just, it's crazy. And, and so that's been busy, surgery's busy, clinic's busy. Um, and then things have been crazy just outside of work. You know, it's busy with the boys and your mom's doing great in school and has been kind of, sounds like slaying it these last couple of weeks with projects <laughs> and tests and yeah and doing an awesome job there but you know it's uh, it's it's weird kind of just being here just the boys and I and yeah. um 
And then, you know, I'll mention it. We're, we're going to talk about it more on, on the other podcast with Eden uh, next week when we record. But I'll briefly mention it here because honestly, I don't know how much crossover there is between the two. Uh, but I decided to undertake NaNoWriMo this year. Uh-huh. Um, for those who are not familiar, NaNoWriMo is the month of November. It's called, uh, it stands for National Novel Writing Month. Uh, this is spearheaded by the organization NaNoWriMo uh, that's been around since I think 1997 or so. So it's oh, wow. been around for over 20 years. Um, the idea is to encourage creativity, encourage people to write. You start on November 1st, and the goal is to average 1,667 words a day. And at the end of November, in 30 days, you will have a 500, uh, excuse me, a 50,000 word novella, which roughly translates to about 200 pages. I have wanted to participate in NaNoWriMo for easily the last five or six years, honestly, since I very first heard about it, but I have never had the, uh, I've always found some excuse to not do it. Uh, and this year I decided I needed to stop making excuses and I needed to see if I could write a 50,000 word novella slash story in the course of a month. And I am currently sitting at a little over 35,000 words. So, and we're halfway uh, through November. Yeah, we are. So I'm, I'm ahead of schedule. Um, but it has been a thing where I literally schedule into my calendar every single day. Here's my writing time. And I, I've created using, you know, some of the new features in iOS and, and Mac OS. I've created a writing focus mode. Nice. So when I go into that, I don't get any notifications except from timers. So then I'll set a timer. And, and one of the cool things, I don't know if you've played around with this, Aubrey, but one of the really cool things that it will do is I have it change when I set, when I tap writing focus on my phone, it goes from my phone, my iPad, which is what I'm writing on, goes into writing focus. My watch goes into writing focus and the watch face changes. Mm -hmm. So I have it set up so that I go from my wayfinder watch face, which is like the most watch face. It's it has the most, the most complications, <laughs> the most information because I'm a nerd and I want the most. But it goes from that, it goes to the solar system one. And Beautiful. the only complication <laughs> on the solar system was, is a timer. And so I end up with a watch face that only has a picture of the sun, the moon, or the solar system. And then at the bottom, it has my timer for how long I'm writing before I'm stopping and taking a break. So I've been trying to be pretty good about that. But honestly, it eats up a lot of time. And I'm just going to say for anybody who uh, thinks about doing something like NaNoWriMo in the future, if you're interested, do it. It is hella hard. Like it's really tough some days to sit down and crank out, you know, 1600 words. Um, I got far enough ahead the first week of November that my target right now is only like a thousand words a day, um, which is good. Cause I think tonight I'm hoping to get 500, yeah, because, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it, it has been interesting, but it's had the side effect that I've stopped reading or listening to any books because I don't want to, I don't know, I, I don't want to muddy up what I'm trying to come up with and write. Um, I haven't really been watching much anything, haven't been playing any games or anything. I just basically, I work, I take care of 
our, of, of your brothers and, uh, I write. And so it's been something. Well, that's awesome. I don't know what, but it's been something. (laughs) (laughs) The bad thing is, or the good thing, I don't know which I've told a fair number of people at work that I was embarking on this in part because I wanted to feel like I had that sense of accountability because if I hadn't told anyone and then I just, you know, made it halfway through and burned out, then I could stop and, and not have any shame. Right. Uh, but now I have people who literally every day I'm at work, whether it's in the clinic or office, people are like, so when are we going to get to read your book? When are we going to get to read your book? <laughs> and I'm like, it's going to be a long time. Like maybe next summer uh-huh. it will be to the point where I have revised it enough that I will let other eyes look at it. Yeah, right. Which is funny because everybody just thinks that like, when I say that people are like, what? They think that it's just like December 1st, I'm going to walk in with like a 200 page PDF (laughs) and be like, boom, here you go. Here's my next opus. You know, I'm like, no, you guys don't understand what I had to do one day. And I shared this with a couple other people. I had to, the the phrase I came up with is I had to embrace the suck. Mm -hmm. I had to kind of go, okay. I don't need to make what I'm writing right now polished. It can be trash. It can be simple. It can be, it cannot read. It cannot flow. Well, it doesn't need to be great. I just need to get the scene, the conversation, the chapter, whatever. I need to get it on the page Mm -hmm. and then ignore it and not think about it and move on to the next one. And then, you know, I'll probably won't look at it all the month of December but then maybe January I can go back and I can start. Okay. Now that I have the story there, how do I make the story enjoyable to read? Mm -hmm. So, so it is not good right now. It is, it is. I mean, there are some scenes where I'll finish a scene and I'm like, wow, I really like that. I had a scene just pop out of me the other night where I, I wasn't expecting this scene. This wasn't what I meant to write. But as I started writing, this scene just sort of organically appeared and I really like the scene, but there are plenty of other scenes that I'm like, well, that's a garbage scene, but it got what I needed to happen in the story done. Uh So let's move on and forget about it. Right. You can go back and fix it later. So. Yeah. But anyway, you came up with a great topic for us to talk about tonight. So I'm going to let you take it away. Well, I wanted to talk about the Nobel Prize in Physics because now I'm officially a physics nerd. So <laughs> I, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it's so it's so in line with what my major is that I was just bursting at the seams with nerdiness. <laughs> so um, I can kind of give a brief summary if if you want and then we can kind of go yes, into more detail. Do please. So give us the big the 30,000 foot picture. So this is grossly grossly oversimplified. Like so incredibly in- simplified, but this is just the overarching picture. This is just the big the big thing. So in the Nobel Prize in Physics, the whole idea of it was the people who got the award Basically, they got the award because they figured out how to experimentally measure this phenomenon we're going to talk about. So, Einstein basically, you know, in his time, determined a bunch of stuff 
and like the theory of relativity or locality, which is the fact that nothing can travel faster than light in the universe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people were trying to see if we could challenge that or if, you know, trying to figure out if that's, that's how the world works with all the crazy stuff in quantum physics and quantum stuff. Quantum stuff is just super, super complicated. So again, this is the very grossly oversimplified version. But long and short of it, nothing is supposed to travel faster than light. Not information, not anything. But this phenomenon they were talking about is quantum entanglement, which is you have two quantum particles, and if they are entangled because of the laws of physics, and again, this is super simple, one needs to spin one way, and the other needs to spin the other way. Spin up and spin down. If they are entangled, they have to be opposite because of laws of conservation of momentum and angular momentum and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So long and short of it, two particles entangled, one go up, the other go down. <laughs> and what they were trying to see is if you separate those particles over a very, very long distance, like the distance of the universe per se, uh-huh. you wouldn't think that they could have that information that, so if they're still entangled, but they're super, super far away, if one switches direction, you wouldn't think the other would also be able to switch direction like they're how supposed would it know, to. Because how would quote, it know? know that it needs to. Exactly, because nothing can travel faster than the speed of light, including information. However, it can. <laughs> That is the whole premise of this whole thing, is that they found that even if you move these particles to a very, very far distance away, if you switch one of them to be spinning the other direction, the other also switches instantaneously. Instantaneously, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. It, this switch occurs instantaneously at the exact same moment in time that the one flips its spin the other direction. Mm-hmm. The entangled particle, no matter where it is, other way. Exactly. It flips too. And you would think, because of nothing can travel faster than the speed of light that we thought, it would just take however long you know it took for that information to travel all the way across to where the other particle is. Right. And then it and we flip. can measure that. We know what the speed of light right. is, and so we can say there should be a delay of x seconds, milliseconds, microseconds, whatever, depending on what that distance is. Mm -hmm. We can calculate that and should relatively easily, I mean, first year, this is like first year physics to Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. you know, how long is it going to take if that information is traveling at the speed of light, how long is it going to take before the other particle flips its, its rotation? Right. But it did not take that time. It didn't. It was instantaneous and that completely like crumbles everything we like know about the universe (laughs) because we thought that for sure nothing could travel faster than the speed of light nothing will ever travel travel faster than the speed of light that's how the universe works that's how it will always work and it is not that way (laughs) it has never been that way yeah it's wild and it's so so crazy to me 
that they found a way to measure that. Like, um, what's his name? John Clauser or whatever, the guy that won the Nobel Prize, one of the guys that won the Nobel Prize. They found a way to actually measure that experimentally, which that's so, so, so hard to measure. That's so difficult to measure because, for, I mean, for obvious reasons, it's so hard to entangle particles and then move them such a far distance away. That's it's mm-hmm. even going to be able to measure that. And that's so, that's just so crazy to me that we were able to figure out some sort of way to actually take a measurement like that. Yeah. I don't know. Tell me your thoughts about this. Well, but also here's the thing. This is for, for many years, for decades, this idea that the speed of light is this upper limit beyond which nothing can go has been such a fundamental idea that for me, just a, just a simple biology type person, I would say that this is as big of a deal as if all of a sudden somebody was like, actually, guess what? We don't need water to survive. You could survive on ammonia. Right. <laughs> like it completely changes everything we like so much about what we thought we knew about principles of physics. Mm-hmm. I mean there's there's so much that is predicated on but the speed of the light, of light that's the upper limit. That's it. And yep. and this just kind of looks at that and goes, "Oh really? Hold my beer." <laughs> and you know, like boom, here we go. We've got this 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 information somehow passing between these entangled particles instantaneously like yeah. literally instantaneously yeah and it makes me excited as as a new little baby physics nerd when like i don't know this is kind of going on a bit of a tangent but how i realized i really really liked physics in the first place was mm-hmm. especially as i've been like learning about physics this semester is that like in every single facet of my life, I would be like, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. I'd be like seeing like a force diagram in my head of like something that was like <laughs> just something in nature. I'd see that and be like, hmm, I wonder the forces that are acting upon that and making it rotate sure. in that, you know, like something super stupid and nerdy. But even though I'm such a baby physics nerd, knowing that like the law of conservation of angular momentum it's like more fundamental than the fact that nothing can travel faster than the speed of light makes yeah. me so excited. Cause I'm like, I know that I know that law. <laughs> yeah. And it's wild. <laughs> it's insane because again, like you said, the like law of locality or theory of locality or whatever seemed so fundamental that we just based everything on that, every calculation, everything in space and time that that was the yeah. rule. Yeah. And now it's not. And we could do so much with that, with like quantum computers and just like other quantum technology that it's like a huge, huge step for physics. Well, you know, an interesting, and this is one of the things that, it's one of the reasons that I I enjoy science so much, but also one of the reasons I enjoy science fiction and enjoy reading speculative fiction that has some basis in science because there's, a not insignificant amount of speculative science fiction mm-hmm. that hinges on the idea that we can do things faster than the speed of light. Mm-hmm. 
and, you know, communication faster than the speed of light and things like that. Right. And it always seemed like, you know, that was a, a cool idea that broke the laws of the universe. Right. And guess what? Maybe those ideas don't break the laws of the universe. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't, I'm not saying that that means that all of a sudden in our lifetime, we're going to figure out warp drives. And just like in Star Wars or Star Trek, we can warp or hyperspace or whatever and travel <laughs> faster than the speed of light. Right. But again, the possibilities that this opens up all of a sudden makes this wild out there science fiction seem maybe not quite so wild and out there. Right. Because it's not breaking any laws of physics because it is the law of physics. Yeah. <laughs> it is physics. This is like the basis of all of our physics knowledge. And it's just, it's just so crazy to me. The whole thing is so crazy to me. But I did see, I watched a lot of videos on this. And I don't know if you heard like that example with Alice and Bob and like the photons being thrown at them. I don't know if you ever. No, I didn't. Okay. This is just kind of another way to like think about how this is kind of crazy, but I'll try and make it brief and not, I don't want to mess anything up, but so basically in this like kind of thought experiment, there is Alice and Bob and they are standing, whatever, a distance apart and they have polarizers which are basically things that can you can detect photons when they go through it. Mm -hmm. And photons can either, again, this is grossly oversimplified, either the wave that they make is vertical or horizontal or somewhere mm -hmm. in between. And these polarizers, if you rotate it vertically, you can see, I think it's like the horizontal photon, and then if it's horizontal, you can see the vertical one. One or the other, it doesn't matter. They're opposites right. of each it's, other. Right, it's basically filtering out all of the photons that are not moving in that particular plane. Right, exactly. So Alice and Bob have these polarizers, and they are told to rotate them horizontally to vertically, just at random, slowly or quickly, doesn't matter, just over the whole period of this experiment. And they are getting two, so there's two entangled photons, and the entangled photons get shot, one to Alice and one to Bob, and they go through their polarizers. And there's just a bunch being thrown at them at a time. Mm -hmm. And basically, the whole premise of if one particle spins up, the other must spin down, they're in this experiment, they're trying to see how often do Bob and Alice agree on yes, they see a photon or no, they do not see a photon. It doesn't matter the directions. It's just if at some point in space and time are there polarizers in the orientation where one of them is seeing a photon and the other is also, or they're both not seeing a photon. Mm -hmm. And you would think that that would be random and that in the measurements you would get, it would just be like crazy and it doesn't matter because the photons are just going everywhere and like right. the Alice and Bob are rotating their polarizers at different speeds Randomly. and it doesn't matter. It's random. But it was not random because every time a horizontal photon goes through one side, 
it instantaneously tells instantaneously tells the other photon that it needs to go the other way. So hmm. then they're being flipped in that same, you know, spin up, spin down, mm-hmm. except one's going horizontal and the other's going vertical. And then therefore both Alice and Bob are seeing a photon or not seeing a photon. And the fact that that isn't random, it's actually like when you graph it and do all the math, it's like a sinusoidal function hmm. is like crazy because the photons are telling the other it needs to go the other way yeah. <laughs> instantaneously. And they're photons, so you would think it would go at the speed of light, but it goes faster than the speed of light. That's what photons are, basically, is <laughs> they're light. Exactly. Right? So you would think it would go at the speed of light, but it doesn't. It so, goes so the photons are traveling at the speed of light, but the information between them is it's traveling faster. faster than the speed of light. Exactly. That's crazy. Which it was just, yeah, it was just crazy to see all the different just how everyone is explaining it, but I don't know. I was just nerding out about it. <laughs> well, that's awesome, and I think that's a good sign that uh, this change that you've made in your studies is probably a good one. Probably, and I get to take really cool classes in the future. Like, every semester I have to pick, like, a higher-level astronomy and slash or physics kind of elective they like call it Mm. electives and you'd think it'd be easy but they're not easy (laughs) no and in those i have like there's like extra extra galactical physics and then there's dark sky studies and then there's like comets and constellation or something like that like that's awesome yeah there's a bunch of super nerdy spacey classes that i'm super excited to take i will also have quantum mechanics as well that is one of my required classics so i will learn more about quantum stuff which is good i guess (laughs) well i'm excited for you to to tell me stuff that you're learning kind of just like this because and i don't remember if i ever told you this but when i was about seven or eight Uh um my best friend at the time and i we formed the uh, the Young Astronomers Club at our <laughs> elementary school. Oh, wow. Yep. That's adorable. <laughs> we totally did. Um, we, you know, again, this is, you got to remember, this is back in the early 80s. Uh, we, we made a newsletter. <laughs> Do you want to know how we made the newsletter? How did you make the newsletter? <laughs> we would find astronomy topics in his copy of the Encyclopedia Britannica, and then we would hand copy them down. <laughs> 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 so oh plagiarism at its finest but oh hey <laughs> that's amazing yep. i feel yeah, like so i feel like it's very common that people want to be an astronaut at least once in their life oh yeah i don't know what it is about it but it's super also cool. i have a, a, a you know we had this principal my first principal in elementary school he was cool my second principal he was an evil man and i remember getting sick one day on the spinny tire swing thing. Uh-huh. Somebody just like had spun me like crazy <laughs> and I'm sitting like in the office because I'm like trying not to throw up. Right. Uh-huh. And this guy knew I was like in fourth or fifth grade. This guy's like, don't you want to be an astronaut? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, if you get sick from that tire swing, you'll never be an astronaut. <laughs> I'm like, you're kind of a dick. What are you talking about? <laughs> Telling so a fourth weird. grader, oh, you'll never be an astronaut because you got sick on the tire swing after eating our school's disgusting fried chicken. 
That's so rude. Trying to crush yeah. your dreams. <laughs> yep. So instead of being an astronaut, I just decided to do medicine because it was easier. Because <laughs> then you can have yourself get sick about other things. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, but I had this thing happen the other day at work where we had this patient who ripped out their IV with such velocity that it splattered everywhere. Holy on, Moses. On their face, on their clothes, on the sheet, on the bed, uh, like everywhere. And <laughs> I like forgot that people get queasy about blood mm -hmm. just because of the nature of the job. It's not like I actually see blood that often, like realistically. Right. It's just like, you know, whatever. And you remember, I used to get queasy about, like, everything when I was, like, oh, yeah. 13 years old and younger. I'd get queasy about getting a flu shot. I would get queasy about seeing anything remotely gory on the television yeah. or anything like that. But I walked in, and I was like, uh, my jaw dropped to the ground. And I was like, you did not just do that. <laughs> and I just, I just, like decided to look right past all of it i didn't even think about it though was is the point is that i didn't even register that it was blood i was just like oh another mess i have to clean up right <laughs> and one of the other nurses was like oh i get kind of queasy about blood can you <laughs> you're like sister and you're i in was trouble. like are you kidding me <laughs> I had just cleaned up this child's vomit not 10 minutes ago so now you're making me clean this up Nice. Oh, anyway, a bit off topic, but do you have anything else to add about anything nerdy, anything physics, anything? I don't think so. Like I say, most of my nerdiness the last few weeks has been just trying to write this stinking book. So. No, I, I hats off to you for doing that because I remember being younger and wanting to write like books and it just was never i'd get halfway into the first chapter and then i was like nope yeah it's been an interesting experience we'll see what happens from it but that was a great topic you brought and i appreciate you doing the research because it's fascinating stuff and and the kind of thing that again it's easy for people to not understand just how monumental this is mm-hmm I mean, it is literally something that is changing the way we believed the universe functioned. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to nerd out about it today. I just, I just am bursting at the seams. I just love talking about all the nerdy stuff. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I'm so glad. So, well, appreciate everybody for listening. And we'll be back in about a month or so with another episode. We'll figure something out. We'll figure out a name for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll figure see what we can out. come up with. Figure it out from there. <laughs> but appreciate everyone for listening. Make sure to leave a review and a five-star rating that I think it's a five-star pod. I don't know about y'all. but anyway. I definitely do. <laughs> Anything else to add? I don't think so. I think that uh, I think you said it all. So until next time. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.